Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and I'm the senior editor behind the Steelcurtain.com. Not that you didn't know that. If you've listened to my show before, you know that it runs every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. But as I always start shows with, I've got to plug the powers that be. And what that is is behind the Steelcurtain.com. It should be your one stop shop for all things Steelers. I can't tell you how great our Training Camp Confidential is, also the Training Camp News. Um, and breakdowns that we have have just been tremendous. So make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com early and often. We are updating the site upwards of, I think, shoot, it's like 11 or 12 times a day. So if it's someone like, if you're someone that's like, oh, just check in the morning. Uh, you might want to check at lunch. You might want to check in the afternoon, evening as well. You just don't want to miss anything. And we'll talk about that, especially at the end of the show with my heart to heart. It's a special one. Also, wherever you get your podcast, it doesn't matter where, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, uh, you name it, just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. If you happen to just stumble upon this podcast, we are wherever you see podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. And you don't want to miss anything that's not just Let's Ride, that's a live mic with Michael Beck, that's the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. Those are my training camp recap podcasts, which will eventually turn into my injury report podcast during the season. That's also our afternoon lineup and our new shows like the uh, Fantasy Steelers Fantasy Football fix with jeremy betts that debuted on wednesday uh thursday we had the war room with maddie peverell it's just exciting it is really really exciting times at behind the steel curtain so make sure you check it out and i thank you all for checking out some time with me it got a, got a little bit of news uh, not really news but every friday you know during the season every friday is a special show because i do my picks and I, I, you know, put on the music and we got the, the NFL primetime music going on. I, it's, it's, it's special for me. And Friday is also when I do my heart to heart. And I decided let's, let's do something different. I want to try to bring in a new, I guess you would call it vibe. Well, that's what we'll call it. A new vibe to the show on Fridays. I've decided every Friday, as much as we can, schedules are schedules, I'm going to have a special guest every Friday in the second half of the show, and it's going to start today. It's going to start today, so I hope you're excited. We'll debut that here in a second. Um, A very special guest, and he will have a reoccurring spot with me every single Friday, so it'll be something for you to look forward to on this Friday. But today, what we want to talk about on this podcast is something that we actually kicked around for the Steelers preview. If you've never listened to that podcast, you can check us live on YouTube and on Facebook um, on Thursday nights and that debuts late Thursday, early Friday morning on the podcast side, two parts. You can check it out. It's myself, Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis, a really fun show, by the way. It's sometimes I wonder if we talk about other stuff more than Steelers football, but nonetheless, uh, we were kicking around some ideas for the show on Thursday evening and we decided on one. You'll have to check that. I'm not going to spoil that, but I chose one that we decided not to go with. And that is we want to, I want to try to answer this question with you. As you're listening to this, think about it and let me know what you think on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. The question is this. Is 2021 a Super Bowl or bust season for the Steelers? That's a tough one. I'm going to say it again in case you were driving or you're not listening. Is 2021 a Super Bowl or bust season for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I know that my ride or die crew 
there's a contingent out there that are listening to this question saying, Jeff, come on, this is the Steelers we're talking about. This isn't the Browns. It's not a team like the Detroit Lions where they're sitting there thinking, maybe they're actually good enough to make a playoff run. Every year, the organization, every single year, that is the goal, to win a Super Bowl. And the Steelers have been very successful, very successful, whether you're talking about Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin, doesn't matter. Still crazy to think those are the only three coaches they've had since 1969. But I digress. I, I think when you think about this, and we know that that's the organizational goal, we know that's what they... They, they pair it. You know, it's it's Art Rooney II, it's Kevin Colbert, it's Mike Tomlin. They have championship aspirations. But from a fan's perspective, sometimes we get stuck in a mode where we can't see the forest through the trees, where we're sitting there thinking, oh, is this team really capable of winning a Super Bowl? That is the question. Do you really think this team can win a Super Bowl in 2021? Well, there's a lot of factors that play into this. And, and some fans always bring up Chuck Knoll. And I know the ridiculous amount of success that that man had. But that man also didn't have a salary cap to deal with. He didn't have free agency to deal with. It is a different world in the National Football League now compared to the 70s. That is not taking anything away from what he was able to do. But I'm not sure if he would have been able to do all that he did if he were coaching and that team was alive now. And not alive like they're all dead, but alive as in they're playing now. That was a poor choice of words, but <laughs> you all knew what I meant anyways. Okay, so the factors are you talk about the free agency, you talk about the salary cap, and then for 2021, did the Steelers do enough to win a Super Bowl? Did they do enough this offseason to put them in a position to be competitive, to win games, to make the postseason, and then if and when they make the postseason, they are able to make a run to a Super Bowl, and then win that championship to hoist a seventh Lombardi. Now, on Wednesday, I talk about had the Steelers' expectations changed this offseason. If you missed that show, go back and check it out, because I honestly still, and I stand by what I said in that podcast, which was, yes, I think they have changed. If you talked to fans earlier in the offseason, they would have told you, you know, I think that could be competitive. It's good that Ben's coming back. Juju's coming back. Uh, you know, yeah, they lost some pieces, but you know, they've made some smart moves. They've said all that stuff, but when they were able to get Melvin Ingram, they were able to get Trey Turner when David DeCastro was released, suddenly the the attitude is starting to change on the fan base. Fan base is getting excited. They're starting to see some potential. They're seeing the wide receiving core being, in my opinion, maybe as deep as any in the National Football League. But did they do enough? Well, let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger first and foremost. Ben Roethlisberger, is this his last year? It doesn't matter. Maybe. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But Ben Roethlisberger's last season, you have to wonder, what does he have left? What does he have left in the tank? Does he have the capability to go out and continue to win games, to go out and be the guy that we know that he can and has been. I'm talking about the you're down by three, or maybe you're down by four, with three minutes left in the game, the Steelers have the football, and when Ben gets it, you know I've got this. There was once a time when, I, and I'm sure that I'm not alone here, but there was once a time when if that was the scenario, you felt pretty comfortable that the job was going to get done. I know it was for me. There was a time when I would sit there and say, yeah, 
Ben's got this. Ben's got this. They can't stop him today. They can't stop him. He's going to shred them. They're going to go down, get the points necessary, and win the game. And I'm, if I'm being completely honest with you, it's been a long time since I felt that way. I, I hate to say that. as I'm, I'm a huge Ben Roethlisberger fan. I'm a huge supporter of him and him as a player. But ultimately, it's been a while. And so you have to ask, has he had that capability? If the Steelers can run the ball the way that we hope and think that they can, can he still make the plays when called upon to win football games? So what about you know that this his last season? Yeah, that doesn't matter to me. That doesn't weigh into this discussion. What weighs into this discussion is not is it his last season, it's can he still win football games. That's the discussion. Then you look at players lost versus players gained. Players lost, you're talking about Bud Dupree leaving to the Tennessee Titans in free agency. Alejandro Villanueva leaving in free agency to the Baltimore Ravens. Vomit. You're talking about Matt Filo leaving to the LA Chargers in free agency. You're talking about David DeCastro, who is released due to injury. You're talking about Steven Nelson, released due to salary cap restraints. You're talking about Mike Hilton leaving via free agency to the Cincinnati Bengals. Vomit. You're talking about... Um, the retirements of Vance McDonald, the retirement of Marquise Pouncey, the retirement of Vince Williams just before training camp. All those players lost. My gosh, look at those names. I mean, we're not just talking about Bud Dupree and Mike Hilton on defense and Steven Nelson on defense. We're talking about, look at the offensive line that is no longer there. Pouncey, not there. DeCastro, not there. Uh, Filer, not there. Villanueva, not there. I am as positive as anyone. And I can sit there and say, they'll be fine. I kind of feel like Kevin Bacon in Animal House. If you've never seen it, watch it. If you're old enough, please make sure you have parental or guardian permission. It's not for the youth of America yet. Well, we'll put it that way. So make sure you have permission before you watch Animal House. <laughs> but as a fraternity guy myself, that was like a staple uh, with all the fraternity brothers. But still, there's a scene at the end when all hell's breaking loose. The parade has just turned into a fiasco. Kevin Bacon in his ROTC uniform is standing there as just literally chaos is just engulfing him. And his arms are up. He's going, all is well. Remain calm. All is well. I don't know if you've seen that before. I I still can uh, that that scene will never leave my brain. But that's the way I feel sometimes as an optimist dealing with some of the players that were lost with the Steelers. Is like my hands are like it's okay. The Steelers are going to be okay. Well, is it going to be okay? Look at the players' games. You bring in Melvin Ingram. All right, that that pretty much. I think the combination of Ingram and Highsmith could could nullify the loss of Bud Debris. Uh, you bring in Trey Turner. I've said this before. Dave Schofield has said it. Multiple other people have said it as well. Trey Turner has the same narrative surrounding him that David DeCastro did. David DeCastro played awful in 2020. He was injured, and that's why he played awful. And he's not healthy. And so what would you have gotten if you're the Steelers and you kept David DeCastro? Well, you would have gotten more of 2020 than you would have 2018 or 2019. So Trey Turner is reportedly healthy. They have said he's had a rough go of it at training camp so far, but he's learning a new system. He's in a new new facility. Give him some time. But still, Trey Turner, you would think, okay, it, they're at least getting a worst-case scenario. They're getting David DeCastro's equal, his equivalent. And then you look at, like, Miles Killebrew coming in. Could Miles Killebrew help with the Mike Hilton absence? Joe Haig, he's a veteran, but could he help with the – 
you know, the, the loss of Alejandro Villanueva. And then you look at the 2021 draft class. You're talking about Kendrick Green. You know, th- those are big shoes to fill when it comes to Marquise Pouncey. He's wearing the same number. No one's expecting the same performance. But those are big shoes to fill for, for Kendrick Green. You look at Najee Harris at running back. You look at Pat Fryermuth at tight end. Can these players gain, these nine drafted players? And no one's expecting all of these players to contribute early in 2021. But I think it's safe to say that those top three, absolutely. Harris, Fryermuth, Green, no doubt about it. Presley Harvin, if he can win the job, he's going to be a, a contributor in a big way. The punter is always a contributor in some way, shape, or form, be it positive or negative. And so you look at players gained, players lost. The players gained is lacking. Why? Based on the fact, and I didn't include like Juju Smith-Schuster staying, Zach Banner re-signing with the Steelers, the Steelers signing Cam Sutton. I didn't, I didn't list those because it wasn't from the outside, but still you understand what I'm saying. So for me, to, to bring this all the way back to the beginning where it was, is 2021 a Super Bowl or bust season for the Steelers? It's always a Super Bowl or bust with this team. It really, honest to goodness, is. But boy, does this team have a lot to prove. They have a lot to prove since the way that they finished last season. They finished last season, I mean, think about it, 11-0, and and then you finish 12-4? and And the one win that you had down that stretch was a, in my opinion, a pretty remarkable come-from-behind win against the Indianapolis Colts at home. I was stunned that they won that game. That was the game that clinched the AFC North. It clinched their playoff seed, all that stuff. They were not playing good football at the end of the season, and then we all know how the playoff game from the first snap literally fell apart. They have a lot to prove, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, that'll actually happen. And maybe that'll actually help. If you think about it, this team does not have all the hype. This team is not being hyped up as the team that could win the AFC North, even though they won it last season. They're not hyped up as the team that could compete with the Chiefs or the Bills or any other AFC team as the representative in the Super Bowl for the AFC. They're not that team. Everyone is saying negative narratives right now about the Steelers. Tough schedule, aging quarterback, uncertain offensive line, uh, question marks throughout the roster, and especially with depth. Everyone is saying, and that's not it, by the way. That's not it. But everyone's asking all of these questions about the Steelers, and I have to be honest, I think that compared to other seasons, think back to 2017. That was the team where the Killer Bees were just – Man, they were they were so good that year, and they won a lot of close games, but everyone thought this was the team that was going to go to the dance. They were going to get back to the Super Bowl, and they get upset by the Jaguars in the divisional round at, at Heinz Field. So maybe instead of having the hype, maybe now that they can actually play that underdog role, maybe that'll actually help. Maybe it'll actually help. But again, I said this on Wednesday, and I'll say it again before I take a break. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers for once – are not going to have people counting on them to do well. And when I say people, it's not the fans. The fans always want them to do well. But this team is going to have everyone thinking they're going to be awful. And for once, maybe they can play the underdog role. They can really, really get that going. And maybe that can give me a sense of motivation. And maybe that can just turn into something that's a lot bigger. And maybe that is 
a Super Bowl run. We'll see. We'll see. 20 is, is a Super Bowl or bust? It's always Super Bowl or bust, people. We're talking about the Steelers, and we have plenty more to talk about with that special guest coming up right after this break. Stay tuned. Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I've been teasing this guest in the first half, and you might be wondering, who is it? Is it going to be Brian Anthony Davis? No. Is it Dave Schofield? No. Both boring. I'm not bringing in those two guys. I'm bringing in Deputy Editor Michael Beck. Michael Beck, what's up, you crazy Canuck? <laughs> oh, you know, hanging in there. I, I hope I don't disappoint the people uh, with my appearance, but uh, I'm excited to be on the show again and uh, excited to talk Steelers with you, Jeff. Yeah, and this could be every, every Friday, barring like a scheduling conflict. Every Friday we're going to be on and talking about the Steelers and really anything that kind of gets us fired up. Michael and I are both opt. Would you say you're an optimist or are you more of a realist when it comes to the Steelers? Um, I, I would definitely say I lean more to the optimist side, um, especially with the team that they put together and kind of in the grand scheme of things, how many people are so negative. Uh, and then just looking at what they do have on paper, I definitely lean uh, towards that more optimist route just because uh, I think this team is actually set up to be pretty good. Really? Well, okay, yeah. so they, but they but they weren't able to sign your boy Malik Hooker. I can't stand him. So I'm happy <laughs> about that. Uh, they weren't they weren't able to sign Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're comfortable with this roster because you are a guy that wants to. You seemingly want to sign everybody. Like, let's just get out the monopoly money. We'll just start handing it out. Just let's go. Let's throw out those millions. They don't always have that, but you're happy with this roster. Yeah, you know, I, I am uh, quite pleased with what they put together, especially with uh, the reports of how well the rookies specifically have been doing the last, uh, what, week and a bit here yeah. at training camp and over the offseason. But when it comes to signing all the guys, uh, for me, just in this season specifically, if like we don't know if this is Ben's last year. We still have that franchise quarterback. I, to me, I just want to make sure that they can put the best roster they possibly can together and try to go for this run, try to ho- hoist one more Lombardi with Ben. At least a, a couple would be nice, but a, at least one more. Um, so so that's where that kind of comes from for me, especially with uh, how basically that's how Tampa Bay did it last year. So that's where that sense comes from. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And for those that don't know, Michael played collegiate football. So you might be listening to the live mic on Tuesday mornings. Like, what the hell does this guy know about football? He knows <laughs> a good bit. He knows more than I do. I'm just an opinionated man who wants to has a microphone in front of his face three days a week. So, but Michael, tell where did you play your college football and give us a little background there. So I played at uh, NCAA Division II Simon Fraser University. Um, it is the only uh, international NCAA school that being, of course, uh, up here in Canada, uh, have to uh, <laughs> rep my Canadian nature, I suppose. But uh, uh, we played in the in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, um, played against uh, guys like Terrell Watson, uh, former backup Steelers running back, uh, Alex Kappa, who, of course, started uh, – uh, the Super Bowl at guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a, a pretty decent uh, Division II conference on the West Coast. So that's uh, that's, that's basically where uh, I uh, I spent my uh, collegiate days and uh, up and down the West Coast playing a little bit of uh, ball on the American side. I, I will say uh, we did tend to get our butts kicked a little bit, uh, but uh, I think the program's heading in the right direction now that I'm no longer on the team. 
It doesn't matter. You played collegiate football. Like, I mean, you could be <laughs> awful. It doesn't matter. You still were able to get there. You still played. You had that experience, something that I can't say. So good on you. Hey, let's, Um, I want to get your take on this. I put this on Twitter. Uh, it was actually Thursday. I was, we were running errands and I was actually, my wife was driving. I'm taking show notes. I have my notebook. I'm writing down notes from my podcast <laughs> and I'm on my phone. I'm looking through Twitter and oh my gosh, someone posted like a fat joke about Ben Roethlisberger. And I was like, like when is this? This narrative is clearly never going to die. It's not, when is it going to die? It's never going to die because he's going into year 18. He's 39 years old and they're still calling him fat. And so I put on Twitter, which Steelers narrative do you wish would just die? would just never happen again. And I had some really, so mine was the Ben's fat narrative, you know, cause the guys clearly that like, that's just his body build. That's just the way he looks. He, unless you want him to look emaciated, he doesn't have a lot of musculature on his, on his body. He's just, he's so long that that would be really difficult. And so people that don't like train or know the body that well, would they don't understand that, I guess. But Michael, I want to ask you if there's a Steelers narrative out there that you wish could be like, I'm going to push this button and it's never going to be said again. What would it be? Oh, there's a couple good ones that come to mind. Uh, I do think I read some of this thread as well. And, and someone brought up uh, that the refs are always in the Steelers back pocket. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the one that Mike Tomlin isn't a good NFL head coach. That one just drives me absolutely nuts. And if, if I could delete that, that would uh, be a very happy day, especially on the Twitterverse. <laughs> well, I mean, he brought up the refs though. Anyone in their right mind, like think about the, the Jesse James play. How could you ever say that the refs are in the Steelers back pocket when they got completely hosed out of that game? And then mm -hmm. just this past weekend, when I was back home in my hometown, I was talking to my dad and we were talking about the story of the 2005 divisional round game against the Colts. And we were talking about just how crazy it was, the Bettis fumble. And I said, you know, there was one play that everything hinged off of that no one really wants to talk about too much. And they're like, what is that? Like the, uh, the Vanderjack miss. I'm like, no, like the Troy Polamalu interception that was overturned. I said, if yeah. that doesn't get overturned, we're not even talking about the Bettis fumble because they would have been kneeling that play out. They would have just been taking a knee. It would have been a, a, a cakewalk. Vanderjack would have never had to make the kick. I can't understand. I'm trying to think as, and maybe you can help me here. When have there been, when's there been a time where like the Steelers got the call that no one thought would happen? I, I honestly, I think this narrative started in Super Bowl 40 against the Seahawks oh, because gosh. of that Ben Roethlisberger Jeez. dive at the goal line. The ball and it just the will not die. It did. It did. <laughs> like there are, there are images that prove it. And then like Santonio Holmes, three years later, both his toes were down. You can, you can find the photos. <laughs> yeah. You can find them. Oh, and I think I have to send them to Cardinals fans at least once a year whenever that play gets brought up. But yeah, no, like those plays specifically seem to always get referenced. But uh, it, and it, that's kind of why, why the theory just won't go away. So that's what I would point to. But for whatever reason, people just cannot get over that. It's it's weird. Um, a couple of the, the, the Tomlin one in that thread was was predominant. People saying the Tomlin fire Tomlin and stuff like that. Um, are there any other ones that you would want to delete from the universe altogether? Oh, let's see here. Maybe that the Steelers are playoff choke artists. Uh, no. Like, of course, the last couple of years they flopped. But, uh, like, you can look at, at a bunch of very good NFL teams of the past, what, five seasons, and there's a ton of teams that have less playoff wins, like the Baltimore Ravens, for example, Tennessee Titans, teams that have been very good. I've still not been getting it done in the playoffs. So to say the Steelers have been a bad playoff team, sure. But then again, they've only lost, what, two games 
it happens. Yeah, yeah, but Michael, I mean, they're they're getting close to that being true. Like they're getting yeah, really yeah. close to that what you just talked about playoff choke artists, whatever you want to call them, to being true. I mean, they haven't won a playoff game since 2016. Yeah, this is 2021. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Like the Ravens have won the, what this the same number of playoff games or something in that time span. I, um, I think it's like one or two. Yeah, they won one last year. It was Lamar Jackson's first playoff win. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but boy, they're getting close. The Steelers, that is, of being falling right into that trap. Um, I, I, I think that the you know narratives aside, Twitter Steelers Twitter is exhausting. It is exhausting. But I wanted to get your take on my topic that I had in the first part of my show, and that was: Do you think this season is Super Bowl or bust for the Steelers? That is a good question. Uh, I think the way this team is constructed and how they've built so many void years and pushed a lot of money into really next season, it, it really is shaping up to be a Super Bowl or bust type of year. Um, it could be really, really easy for this team to punt on, I guess, the 2022-23 season because of all this kind of lost money before we even get to cuts and all that dead money situations. But uh for this season, uh, depending on, of course, what happens with Ben Roethlisberger, we know Juju's going to be a free agent again. Uh, still have to get that TJ Watt mega deal done. There's going to be a lot of turnover in this team. So I, I, I want to tell you that, yes, this is like a Super Bowl or bust type of season. And I kind of hope the Steelers make the moves that uh, have put them in a situation to really go on a deep playoff run. And uh, I, I'm confident right now with the team that they have that if they can stay healthy and uh, all these uh, new offensive systems and whatnot to uh, kind of take off. I- I'm hopeful that they've they've done enough to uh, get off onto that uh, onto that real projection and get to a Super Bowl. Okay, so you answered the question. You think that it is a Super Bowl bust. You do like the roster. You do think they're capable of doing it if they can stay healthy. But let's just play the the game of the Steelers. They're going to bring in another player. Let's say there's just one player. Mm. And they're going to go dumpster diving. So they are waiting for the bargain bin player to be cut from whatever team. And they're going to pick them up. Think Ross Cockrell. Yeah. yeah. Like one position that they add. What position are you adding? Okay. While I sit here, like I have to take into consideration the positions that just don't get cut. You're not going to cut a starting tackle that that just never happens. Right. So yeah, I think that that's off the table. Uh, I think the Steelers are good at on edge rusher now, so I, I wouldn't be worried about that. But after the retirement of Vince Williams, I, I would love for them to add another inside linebacker, uh, even if it's someone that would slot in behind uh, a Buddy Johnson. Just to have a little bit more depth there would make me more confident because we still don't quite fully know what we have in Robert Spillane, especially over a 17-game season plus playoffs. So if they could add someone to that spot... Heck, even if they went to the Avery Williamson well again, just to have that veteran depth in that position, I think that would help this team in the long run. Offensively, they're pretty deep at basically every spot. So despite people saying it it won't be a great offense, I I don't really see the need or really where they would find someone for the offensive side of the football. Not only do you think, not only you said you think they could, but do you think they should sign Avery Williamson. Do you think they should go out and say, we need to get this guy because he has, he played for us last season. He was in my opinion. And I, like I said, I could be wrong, but he he was like a Vince Williams 2.0 type player. Mm. Do you think they should? 
I would be for it because they were kind of putting Avery Williamson in that Devin Bush type role, even though he's more of a buck linebacker, the the contact looking guy that is more of a run stuffer. So given the fact that Devin Bush is healthy, I, I think it would make more sense to have Avery Williamson on the roster now to fill a, a role that is really more designed for him. So in that sense, I would be interested, especially because of how long he's been a free agent. I feel like his cost would be next to nothing. Uh, if you can get a player for close to vet minimum at this rate, like uh, what uh, Dave Schofield and I have talked about, Steelers still really have about $4 million to play with and still have enough money to go in the season, still have enough money to uh, get TJ Watt on that huge deal that we've talked about. So if they could swing something like that, I would be 100% for it. All right, last topic before we end end this. And, and by the way, we need to think of a name for this segment. So think about that. I don't know, like Mike's Hard Lemonade. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> um, but, you know, Dwayne Haskins has been getting a lot of good publicity so far in training camp, making good decisions, delivering the ball accurately. It's just training camp and it's just practice and they're not, you know, really teeing off on anyone. And let's just assume that we all agree that if, if you see Dwayne Haskins in the regular season, things have gone bad in a really bad way. Think 2019 with quarterbacks going down left and right. But what would need to happen in the preseason? Cause that's when we're going to see Dwayne Haskins the most, what would need to happen in the preseason for you to think this guy could be the answer long-term, whether you think it or not, what would need to happen? Like, what would he have to do? Who that's tough. You know what? I, I will hone on hone in on one specific stat here. I want to see his completion percentage above 66%. If he could do that, I would think the Steelers might actually really have something here. If he can be accurate with the football, whether it's short passes, deep or intermediate routes, if he could be hitting two thirds of his passes, I think that would be huge. Even if it's against backups, that's something he kind of struggled with in Washington. If he can be accurate, we know he has a big arm. If he can be accurate, the Steelers might actually have something in the former first-round pick. So that's what I'd be looking for the most. After that, I just wanted to see him take care of the football. Uh, if he doesn't uh, force too many turnovers or none at all, hopefully, that would be really big. But uh, completion percentage and uh, that kind of turnover-to-touchdown ratio is uh, probably the, the second most important, in my opinion. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with both of those. I'm not going to just, I would say too, I want to see if he has the it factor. I mean, this is a first round draft pick came from a big time program in Ohio state. And I know people are always going to say, well, no Ohio state quarterbacks, any good. I know all that stuff, but still I think about him and he's a guy that should, I want to see him run the huddle. I want to see him be confident in his decisions. I want to see that he knows the system because let's be honest, you may disagree, but I've never felt that like a Joshua Dobbs has had that it factor. Joshua Dobbs, when he was drafted, when I saw him play, he always just screamed like a Dennis Dixon. He's a backup. If he has to play, he might be able to go out and win you a couple games, but he's not the future. I want to see the guy that comes. And honestly, I, I don't know if I've ever seen it from Mason Rudolph, to be completely honest with you as, wow, boy, look at that guy. He's got, he's got it. Well, it's tough to describe it, but you know, when you see it, do you agree with that? I a hundred percent agree with that. Like the, the it factor is real. Uh, and really there's only seems to be a, at any given time, maybe 10 quarterbacks in the entire league that, that have that thing that makes them special. Like when you bring up Mason Rudolph, I feel like he, he's going to be like a chase Daniel type that plays like 10 to 15 years, but he's a backup his whole career. I like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that from Mason Rudolph. Uh, I don't think he's going to be that guy that lights the world on fire. Um, Josh Dobbs, same thing. Like, I, I don't know if his playing style would relate into a long career as a backup, but 
heck, m- maybe he uh, lands with the team that has a more mobile quarterback after camp. Because, I mean, proje- given projections, he's probably on the chopping block. But for Dwayne Haskins, he seemed to have it in college. But, of course, uh, there's a, a ton of issues in Washington. And the fact that the, the football team wasn't very good when uh, Dwayne Haskins was there. So maybe the change of scenery, uh, the new coaching staff can bring that out of him. If he can show that, uh, maybe the Steelers might not have to worry about drafting a quarterback next year. Boy, would that be nice. Yeah. Boy, would that be nice. And, you know, there's people that hate Haskins for a variety of reasons. I don't know. But I'm willing to give the kid a shot. It's, it's a it's a low-risk you know, proposal for the Steelers. So, all right, that does it. Michael, thank you for your time. I will see you next Friday. Take it easy. Have a great weekend. And uh, we'll be talking to you, man. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to these. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I want to thank Michael Beck for joining me. And that's going to be, I I have to think of a, a name for that segment. Think of something, people think of something like we have heart to heart, which about I'm going to get into right now, but still think of a name for that. All right, now for my heart-to-heart. So those of you that pay attention and listen to my podcast and follow me on Twitter know that last weekend I was in Wheeling, West Virginia, my hometown, playing in a a two-day golf tournament. It's a big golf tournament. A lot of people come from all around that area, the tri-state area of Ohio, Pennsylvania, and and West Virginia to play in this golf tournament. I played with my brother. We did very well. Um, Probably won some stuff, but still... I was golfing on the first day with people that we knew from the Wheeling area. I mean, this one, he was a younger guy, 23 years old. And at one point in the round, he says to me, hey, Jeff, what do you think about Big Ben this year? I had no idea his fan allegiance. I thought he was a Steeler fan. So I'd give him my opinion, and I think he could be okay. It might, might surprise some people. He goes, I don't ask as a fan. I'm a, I'm a Broncos fan. And I said, really? He said, I hope that they get Aaron Rodgers. You think that'll happen? I said, honestly, I don't. I really don't. I don't think there's any way Green Bay just lets him go. And I don't think any team's going to give Green Bay what they want for him. He said, I could see that. I said, but plus, I said, don't you like Drew Locke? I think he has a lot of potential. And he said, ah, I don't like that guy. I don't like him at all. And I said, real quick, I said, where did Drew Locke play college football? I, I literally could not remember. And he couldn't answer it. He couldn't answer that question. And it, it turns out is Missouri. But I had to look it up. So, but... I guess my message here, my heart to heart is if you're a fan that's listening to this podcast, you're already probably a pretty diehard fan. You know, I mean, you're listening to me during the training camp season, and most of you listen to me all throughout the offseason, too. But all I can say is be knowledgeable. Be knowledgeable. Be a knowledgeable fan. Know your team. You can still be a fan. Doesn't mean you have to be a fanatic. Doesn't mean you have to go get tattoos on your body. But if you're talking to someone about Chase Claypool and they say, hey, where did he go to college? When was he drafted? You better know that it was the second round of the 2020 NFL draft, and he went to Notre Dame. Or if someone says, Ben Roethlisberger, when was he drafted? 2004. And where did he go to school? You should know the University of Miami, Miami, Ohio. The University of Miami of Ohio. The Red Hawks. So I'm not saying you have to know the whole roster. I don't know the whole roster. Dave Schofield and Michael Beck, they know the 90-man roster way better than I do. But know your team. Be a knowledgeable fan. Don't be that fan that says, oh, I love the Steelers. And then someone says, well, who did they take in the first round of this year's draft? I don't know. I don't start following until the Steelers season starts. Come on. Najee Harris, Alabama, 24th overall, 
be a knowledgeable fan. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you are. And if you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I know you are. And if you're listening to all of our podcasts, I really know that you are. So that does it for me, folks. A short message there to finish things out. I hope you have a great weekend plan. Make sure that you're staying tuned to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all the Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And that's it. That's it, man. I tell you what, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you get uh, some great weather for your plans if they're outside. And as we always finish it out here, be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great week and we'll be back on Monday to talk all things Steelers. Take it easy. Go Steelers.